Assalamu alaikum, welcome to a new episode of the Habibis 3 Game Developers Drinking Good Arab Tea. My name is Rami Ismail, I am your host for this episode. And I'm Osama Dorias. And I'm Fozi Mesmar. It's good to have you two back for a new episode. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's good to be back. Yeah, Ravi, it's been a while. <laughs> How did Fozzy go from Mickey Mouse to like chain smoking <laughs> Gears of War character? I'm trying something new. Is yeah, it working okay. out? Yeah, no, it, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. Fozzy needs to smoke less. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started. I'll start <laughs> coughing. <laughs> So yeah, if I was going to make it this episode, we are uh, we are sad to say uh, he will be back in a um, in a future episode, whenever it works out. But uh, this week was kind of tight planning, and there's three of us, so sometimes planning just becomes complicated. Impossible. Yep, that's why we, that's why we say inshallah. Inshallah. What a good word. <laughs> yes. Just the most so versatile useful. of words. Exactly. How you been, Ya Rami? It's been a week. It's been a week. I'm, I'm, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I've had a really rough start of the year. I think we've talked about it a little on the on the on the podcast as well. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm getting to that. Um, I'm getting getting to that point. Is sort of like processing some of the grief and hurt, where I'm just gaining strength and rebuilding like social ties. Mm-hmm. That's good. This past week it was really nice. I had some friends over and cooked for them. And I really love Yosama. I really love cooking. Like it's one of my favorite things to do, and just being able to um, have some people over and like make some food for them, it's so good. I made um, I made a gnocchi, like a baked gnocchi that I really like, um, and I did um, an orecchiette with an anchovy sauce that I really. What was the making. sauce on the gnocchi? For the gnocchi, I think I went with a cream sauce. Mm, that sounds um, delicious. Yeah, and a, like more of the Alfredo sort of direction. Uh, okay, so not uh, a tomato cream, like a no, really, a white no, like cream, sauce. cream. Yeah, yeah, uh, that works well with gnocchi. Um, yeah, it does. It does. I mean, anything works well with gnocchi. So I'm like, a big fan, especially if you bake them. Like, I love that they're so versatile that you can boil them or like cook them, basically. Yep. Uh, but just like big wallop of olive oil and just like throw them in and let them go no it's amazing mm, i gotta try that oh have you never done that no mate okay. crispy gnocchi is the best really instead we've of always, boiling it we've always just boiled them like like you know spaghetti right and then yeah. put sauce on top so i've oh, never tried it in totally works way. but if you if you crisp them right uh a little bit of salt a little bit of pepper olive oil and just crisp them a little bit they're so good. They're like slightly crunchy, but still soft on the inside. Mm, they like that sounds amazing. Mm. And just mix it with your favorite like veggies and like a protein or something. Like keep it simple. Um, giving me the urge to to make something. It's been a while oh. since uh, since I've made something. I think that's the beauty of cooking, though, right? Like you know, good food inspires you to make good food. It's true, right? It's true. Um, and I, I just really, I've always loved cooking. It's been, well, always is a big word, but like since I was 23 or something, 24, and I got access to my own kitchen mm-hmm. where I have my own dishes and my own pots and my own pans, and I wasn't dependent anymore on a bunch of roommates mm-hmm. um, leaving the dishes in a fairly like hygienic <laughs> state. Uh, as soon as that was over and I had my own place, 
I just really I fell in love with cooking. Yeah. I'm terrible at baking. I can't bake. I can't <laughs> bake for the life of me. You tell me to make like a cake or a bread or like a yeah. muffin or like anything. It's just I don't know how to do you know how to bake? No. I'm also I love cooking, but I don't know how to bake either. My wife knows everything, just, so she's good at that too. But uh, I, I like my, my favorite dishes to make. I love making butter chicken. I love mm-hmm. making beef stroganoff. I love making like curried shrimp. Like those are you know, I'm a very what's the word I'm looking at? Savory food right. type guy. Right. So like the saucier the better. Um, nice. And like I love eating baked goods <laughs> right yeah me too yeah but i'm not good at making them though yeah but my, my daughter Chews is actually, really fun yeah my, my my daughter my eldest daughter she's surprisingly good at making things and she'll just be like i feel like desserts we don't have desserts i'm gonna bake a cake i'm gonna make cookies nice. i'm gonna like she just like goes on her own and just like makes her thing nice um, yeah, we kind of have I, to convince her to do to, to do the dishes after, but that's different. You know, that's so. the that's the hard part of cooking, isn't yeah. it? That at the end, and you've 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 done the work, and you have this amazing meal, and they have the dishes. Yeah, what's up with that? Why haven't we figured that out as a species yet? That's true. Because I think if we could figure out how to make dishes not a thing, <laughs> right? Well, we would cook so much more. Cooking in a vacuum. There yeah. has to be a way. <laughs> there has to there has to be a way to cook without a mess. Yes. I don't know what it is, but there, it has to exist. Yes, we'll figure it out. Once we invent it, we'll be rich, Yarami. That that's the that's the one. That's the the, the Habibi's <laughs> cooking the Habibi's cooking set. <laughs> Dishless cooking, oh. edible dishes. Oh, I'd, I'd be up for that. <laughs> get some extra get some extra proteins. Yep, edible cutting board, edible knives. We got it. <laughs> I feel like this exists, right? This has to exist. I feel like it shouldn't, but okay. <laughs> this is fair. That is fair. But also, yeah. no, I don't know. Like stew is really good. It sounds like you're more in like the stew direction, like salsa yeah, yeah, yeah. stews, like things yeah. that like you, you put in a slow cooker or yeah, that that's like oh. a slow cooker or like several pans and then you mix the ingredients. That kind of stuff I really like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have a rule for myself that I that I started with in a Ramadan like five or six years ago where I said, okay, I want to cook every day of Ramadan, right? Mm-hmm. But I want to not spend more than 20 minutes actively working in the kitchen. So, you know, putting stuff in a pot and then leaving the pot for three hours, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. But like being in the kitchen, working on the dish for more than 20 minutes, I would like to avoid that. So I think that year... I set myself the challenge and then every day of Ramadan I took a photo of the food I made and like mm-hmm. posted the recipe mm-hmm. and it was awesome and from that point on I've actually kind of kept that as my rule like I tried to do 20 minute cooking wow um, that, that's impressive I don't even know if I can make anything in 20 minutes it takes me that long just to chop up the vegetables but we're a big family though we're a family you are many people yeah, yeah I'm, I'm usually just me or you know if I'm in a relationship me and a partner or if it's with friends me and one or two friends so yeah. even in a large group I'm not cooking for five yeah. I never understood how my tita did that you know, yeah. like she does not like make 14. sense. It does not make sense. My mother does the same thing. She went, to, but I mean, we're eight siblings, right? So right. She, <laughs> so she, she, her, it's the opposite. She does not know how to cook for a small number of people. She just right. does not. So now that they're like, she's only, you know, there's very, very few people in her household compared to before when we were growing up, we were 10. She makes enough food and freezes it. And no, she's not meal prepping. She just does not know how to make smaller quantities. Every time we go over, we come back with Tupperware full of food because she just has too much. (laughs) 
yeah, it's uh, it's been really fun on my side as well. Uh, I've been working on my board game, which has been a lot of fun. Um, what I really love about it is when I started working on this, um, I was going through my burnout, and it was an exercise to be able to um, see if I like you know could still be creative because during cre- burnout you have like a creative burnout, and you, mm-hmm. it's really hard to come up with anything. Um, and uh, it was it went fairly okay, but like the the deeper I got into my burnout, the harder and harder it was to solve problems. And now it's like ridiculous. I'm mm-hmm. just taking a knife to everything and just finding the core of what the game is about. And every time I'm like, I cut a system, I'm like, what are going to be the the consequences? And it's usually better, right? And, yeah, it's a, the kind of thing I couldn't do before because the only way I could solve a problem is by designing something Adding. on top of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's not elegant design. That's not the best way to do things. No. That's a last resort, right? You want to yeah. be able to do more with less. Mm-hmm. And I feel like all of a sudden I could do that again. And just that's like amazing. one of the most recent mechanics, like I, basically uh, my rule, similar to your, can you cook in 20 minutes rule? My rule for this board game is that if it takes more than 30 seconds to explain the mechanic is too, too complicated. Right. That's a good rule. Yeah. So like, and, and there was one mechanic specifically about range where I'm like, I'm trying to explain what distance things are from each other. And then I came back and I'm like, why am I doing this? You're either close or you're far. Point final. There's just two. two <laughs> yeah, just binary. Great. Binary. Two distances. You're either adjacent to something or it's far from you. And you could either attack things that are adjacent or far. All of a sudden, I didn't have to explain range and I didn't have to explain the numbers and yeah. how it works and which tiles to ignore. All of a sudden, I could explain it in, in like one sentence. Yeah. And I'm like, did it take an, like, it, it removed one vertical of um, of balance. Like, basically, I can't make some things have longer ranges and something have shorter ranges. It's right. binary. But it, it, the game didn't suffer as a result. I have other ways to balance those cards. Yeah. No, I think I, I think that's such an important design lesson. I, I was very fortunate in, in my design career that, um, you know, obviously, the, the, when I started doing proper game design, I was working with Jan Willem Nijman back at Vlaambeer. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jan Willem always had a very minimalist approach to game design, right? Like, let's try to, to minimize the variables. Let's try to minimize the parameters. Let's try to minimize and, like, focus in on that core, make that core feel good, make it communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, so Vlaambeer games, very similarly, we always had them, like, be within 30 seconds, like, explain them fast. Um you know, very stu- very rigid rules, but um, always allowing one exception. Basically, um, those kind of things. So, so for me, that I got I got really lucky that I got paired with with such a minimalist designer very young because that's almost a reflex for me is to look for how I can make things simpler. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like you know sometimes when you get stuck, it's just such an easy crutch to go like, well, what if we add a system? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's not like you can never add a thing. It's just of course. N- knowing not to start with that. <laughs> That's and, their last resort. Right. And same thing with cooking. Like you, you know, like yeah. like the like you said, like it, it's just sometimes adding things doesn't make it better. Yeah, you can add cinnamon to your dish. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily make it better. Yeah, it might mask something or or, or change the flavor, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's better. Same thing with game design. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that your game is better. In fact, a lot of games that just have a lot of systems just kind of turn into a mess. Yeah, actually, I looked at my top 10 list again from last year, 
and these are my favorite games of the year. Like we're not talking about things I don't like. These are things I like. And my biggest complaint about almost all those games is it has superfluous systems that are yeah. not needed. That just bog things down and complicate things needlessly. I'm, almost I'm, to a T. I'm still going through God of War and it's very much the feeling I'm having right now. Yeah. It's like, hey, let's do the, the between the fun parts, let's spend time with this economy that nobody asked for right. to try to like upgrade weapons and things I'm, like that. I am big axe dad. Like I want to just smash things and have yeah. feelings. Like yeah. I'm not here to like with all due respect for the people who designed like what yeah. seems to be a fairly good stable progression. Yeah. I just I don't want to be picking between how I am stronger axe dad. I just want to be axe dad. Yeah. And, like, and there are games where that makes sense, where you get the joy out of getting the number. You know, number right. goes up, you feel good. To me, this is not that game. And yeah. like, it is uh, there the the degree of subjectiveness, right? Like, there are some people who are going to be like, "Well, I like this part of this game," and that's fair. I, I would like to argue that most people who are playing that game, they're not playing for that. It's it's not that same kind of power fantasy, right? Where you're it, it's there, that. and then some people will accept it and be okay with it and go like, "Yeah, yeah no, it's fine. It's a fine part of the game." But yeah. Yeah, and I think if it wasn't there, nobody would be like, "Oh, you know what would have been good?" <laughs> right. Well, there would have been some people, but not many. Maybe, yeah, right. not many. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Fair. We're on the same page. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's coming. Like, so yeah, back to the board game really briefly. Uh, I commissioned some more pieces of art. They're coming. Oh, in and starting nice. To feel more real. Yeah, I showed you the first Just... one. I'll show you the other two uh, when we have a chance afterwards. But they are lovely, and I love them. Very excited. Yeah. I'm just I, I'm just having such a good time being super hyped about this, and then knowing that I'm seeing all this stuff that other people won't see for a while, and just being <laughs> excited about how excited other people are going to be. Aww, it's going to be good. You. Yeah, you you like the first piece of art, right? Yep. You, I yep. think you mentioned it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm super excited about it too. It's like I I did the I crunched a number because you know you have to do. What, I don't have a producer, so I'm the producer. <laughs> Your project, yeah, yeah. So I did like all the number crunching to see how many of it, uh, pieces of art I needed and everything like that. And other than like UI art and you know not UI, it's called graphic design when it's not in games, but you get the idea. Uh, when I, other than that, just like pure pieces of of like card art, I need sixty, and I'm already three in. And that, like, I see the progression bar. (laughs) It's not at zero, and that feels so good. So hopefully before the end of the year, I'll have all the art. It doesn't mean that that's when the game will be ready, but, like, I'll have all the art. And for a side project where I'm doing other things, too, that's pretty good progression. I'm happy with it. Right. Nice. That sounds so exciting. Thank you, Habibi. It's, uh... I don't know. Like those moments are so cool. Like they are. It it is that moment where things feel like they start coming together. Yes. You know, and it's just such a unique feeling that you can only get from those sort of like big creative enterprises. Absolutely. Like you know, where where the only way it moves forward is if you move it forward. Absolutely. And then suddenly it stops being abstract. And it becomes concrete, and it starts falling together, and then it's like a puzzle. It's like this little puzzle coming together. Yep, it's yep. so good. For me, it's it's all it's absolutely that, but it's also like a little bit of a vanity project, just a little bit, because it's okay. Especially these days, I'm working in big teams and i love working i love collaborating with people i love working with big teams i love getting the best out of people but as a creative sometimes you just want your thing to go in and i didn't have that like your 100 creative outlet where an idea is unfiltered and it goes into the game 
Yeah. And that this is scratching that itch that I forgot I had. It's been a while since I've had something like but that. But it's also like completely okay to do event. Like you don't have to explain why you're doing a vanity project. Like we're Arabs. Like, you know, most people just go and redo their entire house with like fake marble and gold. Like it, it's fine. <laughs> like you can make you can make a game, you know. <laughs> yeah, yep, you're right. That's it's fair. good. Um but it, you know, I th- I think that's good. And I think especially as a creative, like I've noticed that, like, you know, I've been doing consultancy for a few years. Mm-hmm. I'm like the things that I'm building for myself are getting weirder and weirder mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, like, you know, I'm, I'm doing some hardware stuff. I'm doing 3d printing nowadays. Like that's cool. Um, that's cool. I'm, I'm what what doing, kind of things are you 3d printing? Like at this point. So I've, I, I'm working on this, this, how do I explain this? Like it's a VFR map. Okay. It's a map of the Netherlands. Um, and, and for aviation, when we're piloting, we have this thing called a VFR map or, or, or flight map, basically. And it is a map of the Netherlands with all the places I am allowed to fly and all the places I'm not allowed to fly. And it's kind of it's kind of hard to explain, but it's it's also sort of a three-dimensional map. It's on paper, but it, it doesn't just show where you're allowed to fly. It also shows like at what altitudes you're allowed to fly. So it's a fairly complicated map, right? There's a lot of, of things on it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's of interest is that every airfield in the Netherlands is marked on it. And then most airfields in the Netherlands report something called a METAR, which is the current weather condition. Okay. And the current weather condition can be summarized in one of four colors, which is VFR, which is visual flying rules you can fly. MVFR, which is marginal flying visual rules, which means you can fly, but it's kind of not the smartest. Mm Mm-hmm. IFR, which is uh, instrument flight rules, which means you should not fly here. If you have to fly on vision, you should be using your instruments and you should be capable of using your instruments. Mm-hmm. And then LIFR, which is low instrument flying rules, which means even if you know your instruments, you should be fairly careful. And each of those has sort of a color assigned to them. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to take one of those VFR maps on the Netherlands and then put an LED light under each of the airfields that would light up in the color of the current weather conditions. Um, and then frame it in a beautiful wooden frame, put some glass in front of it, and just hang it in my house. And then every morning I could wake up and look at the weather. Oh, that is, it's functional and beautiful. Right? It's yeah. this amazing little project. But like one of the things I got stuck in is, if you want to attach those LED lights to the map, you want to do it in such a way that the light doesn't bleed and that it stays kind of focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and because you need some space, the map needs to be further away from the back of the, the wooden casing, right? Yeah. And I just couldn't find anything. I tried with some cardboard, but it wasn't really sturdy. And now I'm just 3D printing it. Like I'm, I'm 3D printing little fittings for these LED lights. Um. And I'm testing one of them right now, like it's covered so that it's similar to how it would be in the box and seeing if it doesn't get too warm or anything. Mm-hmm. Probably won't, like the LEDs don't get very warm, but like I'm I'm just testing it before I properly build it. And then I'm going to continue with that project. And it's just, you know, I, I always like soldering and I like programming and I like on-chip programming and I like all those things. So um, I haven't done it for years because I've been too busy with, with video games and now I'm just having a good time sort of experimenting with things and if um 
If this is a midlife crisis, it's really entertaining. <laughs> You're a little young for a midlife crisis, no? Listen, I've I, I've done. You're my ahead three, of the curve. <laughs> I've done. I've done my three de- decades in games, mate. Like I'm good. Yeah, like that's true. That ages you. Oh my god, doesn't matter. You know, I've been here for one decade, but you look at all the stuff that I've gotten up to and been involved in and like worked on. And I'm like, eh, eh. Yeah. I'm I think I, I, I I think I deserve that moment of like eh we'll we'll just do some interesting stuff. I hear you absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you've done you've mashal are very accomplished in the industry. You've lived several. So are you. Thank you. I appreciate that. But, so is uh, Fozzy. Yeah, of course. Thank you, yeah. Fozzy. Would you? I <laughs> <laughs> was going to you beat me to the punch. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally very accomplished. <laughs> I'm currently writing my second book. <laughs> I came across Fauzi's book when I was visiting Saudi Arabia the other day. No way! Yeah, That's it was so, so cool. sweet. Yeah, uh, so one of my favorite moments is seeing Gotham Knights and the Mario Rabbits game on the same shelf uh-huh. on the same week, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yes, me and my Habibi." Yeah. It would have been perfect to see Nuclear Throne or something else from you there too. It was a very limited edition physical yes. run. So. One day, inshallah. One we'll day. stage it if it doesn't actually happen. We'll, we'll make it happen. <laughs> yes. We'll make it happen. Br- we'll make bribe, it happen. bribe some Arab video game store. To just put them <laughs> <in the laughs> Why not? Let's make it happen. No, I don't know. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm. Um... Then the other thing I've been working on last week is again airplanes related. It's. Um, I've been uh, working on getting my European license converted to an American one. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- did I talk about that? No, I think I, I might have mentioned it. Uh, basically, if you have a European license, it works like licenses in aviation work like in ships. So if you have a European license, you can fly a European airplane anywhere or any airplane in Europe. Okay. So every airplane has a flag, just like every ship has a flag. And if the flag is of a European country, I'm allowed to fly it anywhere on Earth. Okay. And if the airplane is from anywhere in the world, I'm allowed to fly it as long as it's flying in Europe. Okay. Right. That's a big deal. Yeah. So obviously I'm not allowed to fly an American airplane in America. Not in the United States. Actually, I don't I don't want to say I don't even want to say America. I'm not allowed to fly a United States airplane in the United States. Right. Um so one of the things you can do is the the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration um they allow you to convert a um, a matching license from Europe into the matching license in the United States mm-hmm. um and to do that you need to fill out a bunch of forms so you need to prove that you have the skills and I have just locked in my appointment for um for going to the FAA and having that chat with them and then as soon as that chat is over I will immediately get a license that will allow me to fly in the United States with United States airplanes, which also means it would be fairly simple for me to fly in somewhere like Montreal. That's amazing. Wait, so, are we going to go for a round two in my hometown? I would be very okay with that. You know what I thought was really fun and uh, uh, really cool and uh, kind of surprising is when we played um, Flight Simulator a long time ago mm-hmm. and we flew over Montreal and 
I couldn't recognize the city because I just don't see it from that from that angle. Yeah, like I like recognize some landmarks, but I had to swoop pretty low to be like, oh, now I know what street this is. Right. But I don't recognize the tops of the roofs of these. Right. But you did. Yeah. Yeah, you knew exactly where everything was from that angle, and I'm like, wow. When you when you fly, you literally see the world differently. Yeah, you, you zoom out. It's really weird. You start seeing these little places in fields where you're like, oh, that's a good visual recognition point. Or like, wow. oh, that intersection from above must look very particular with like the intersection, but there's a park on the one corner. You know, it's like three tall buildings and then one side has a park. That would probably be quite recognizable from above. And yeah, you zoom out a little, you know. And I find that so beautiful about flying is you, you literally zoom out a little, you, you know, I'm I, with my therapist, we're talking about like zooming in and out on situations. And it's a skill that I've sort of naturally had, I think most of my life, but now my therapist was pointing out that now with aviation, like this is a while ago, she, she pointed out like, Hey, now with aviation, you're literally doing it, mm-hmm. right? You're taking a little bit of distance from earth and like watching everything just move it's just this amazing have you ever flown over highway yeah it's the most fascinating thing (laughs) it's just the most fascinating thing if you have a small airplane and you fly along with a highway you you go at about the same speed as the cars if you fly a little slow right and just watching the flow of traffic yeah it's just fascinating these are all individual it feels like watching like really smart ants that can drive cars yeah right it's just so fascinating the systems that we've built and the way everything works. And each of those people is a full person with their own hopes and dreams and loves and fears and regrets and problems. And it's just like, it's yeah. really beautiful. It so sounds like uh, an ad for a, an immersive sim, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> the metaverse. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Sorry, I went there. I, I no, feel it's dirty. okay. <laughs> I um, so yeah, I had some uh, I had some friends visit for uh, for dinner, and I did actually play a little bit of. Um, I showed one of one of my friends that came by. I showed them Thirteen Sentinels. Oh yeah, which yeah, yeah. has such a solid intro. If people have yeah. like half an hour to play, and you can get like the initial mysteries in, mm-hmm. like people are just hooked on that story. Yeah, it's a good story. And then uh, Tetris Effect. Oh, which is the best Tetris game of all time? One of the best games of all time, period. Yes. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it was fun. It's always fun to introduce people to, to those kinds of games where it's just not games that people would normally play all that fast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So good. Have you played anything? Did you actually play any video games? Yeah, actually. I sampled two games. So there's a, a few games, a couple of games that I played for a couple of uh, hours each. Um, the first is a game called Research and Destroy. And I, I love doing this. I love just picking up random games and right. seeing what they they have to offer. And I have I don't regret picking this one up. So Research and Destroy is a turn-based strategy game where you you're, you have you control three characters and you're fighting ghosts. So I guess you're kind of ghostbusters. There's a way more elaborate backstory. But honestly, you know, it was just that's really what, what you're getting at. You're, you're, you're three characters and you are fighting ghosts. Okay. What's interesting, what I haven't seen before, and that might exist maybe, but I haven't encountered it before, is that you have 360 degree movement as these three characters. 
And okay. your movement is like where you can go is represented by this giant circle around you that shrinks as you walk. Because obviously, the more of you course, walk. Of course, you're losing movement. Exactly. Which I thought was really clever. Really, really clever. And you're able to position yourself that way. Uh, the thing is, it also shrinks when you perform an action. So, for example, one of the characters yeah. has a minigun. And if you pull out the minigun and start shooting, that circle shrinks. Because you're able to shoot, move, shoot, move, shoot. And as long as that you have some circle remaining. And like when you play, it's so clever. It's so well done. It, like there's no action points. There's no, and, and it takes a little bit of time to figure out. Like with the movement, it's very clear. You could, if you go in a straight line, you'll reach the end of the circle. Point yeah. uh, and the circle will shrink around you as you do so. Right. With the other weapons and actions, it takes a little bit of of some time to intuit um, how fast the circle is going to shrink when you use use those actions. Um, and there are some actions that are kind of. Uh, you know, that could have used maybe uh, multiple circles where it tells you every time you use it, it'll shrink by this much. Like there could have been a little bit more feedback on it. But even if it, without that, with the, in, in a little bit of time, you'll, you're able to intuit it. You're like, okay, I, I kind of get how. So wait, how ju- just, just to be clear, like this is a turn-based game, but the way you're describing it, it sounds like you play it kind of like it, it feels real time. Yes, that's exactly it. It's a good that mix. That is really clever. Very clever. And I, I was very impressed by it. The game is, is uh, like, like it seems a little low budget and a, a little bit uneven. Uh, but ha- this specific mechanic has a lot of promise. And I really hope that they come up with a second game um, where they're able to... You know, iron out those rough... Build uh, on it a little. Exactly. Uh, like, I really thought there was too much story for this kind of game. They should have really focused on this thing that, that is really, really good. Mm-hmm. I think Ghosts was not the good, uh, like, antagonist choice. Because they kind of, like, go through you to attack you. And then right. it didn't feel like... The, the, if you fought other units that are similar to you and you saw their circle and you're able to, like... Uh, compare where they are with where you want to stop, that would have been a lot better. Like There are other things that could have been changed to make it a stronger experience, but that mechanic was so well done and so clever. And I personally haven't seen it before, so I it's, uh, I would imagine maybe that no, uh, this is an innovation. I don't know for sure. That like I would suggest that people play the game just to explore that mechanic. We, you, we okay. can learn a lot from games that are not like super, super popular too, right? They, they try different right. things. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I I did play a a, a turn based game. What'd you play? Uh, Fire Emblem. Ooh. Uh, Fire Emblem Engage. Okay. Is that um, the one that came out on the Engage? Yeah. Like uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have an Engage. You yeah, know, I'm sure I was, you did. <laughs> I was a very happy Engage user. Yes. Um, but um, no, it's uh, it's a new release on the Switch. Um, I have to say that I find the character designs on the box cover extremely striking. Yeah, I mean, you know, like there, it's it's an interesting one because the the sort of core idea of it is that your main character can sort of like summon the heroes from the other uh, Fire Emblem games, the the yes. emblems. Yes. And uh, yeah, it works. It works fairly well. It, it you know, like, I feel like. The problem with Fire Emblem, actually, to go back to that earlier conversation we had, I feel like the f- problem with Fire Emblem is I like Fire Emblem best when there's as little as possible added on top of it. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I didn't really love Three Houses all that much. 
Um, what part of Three Houses didn't you like? Is it that you just picked three was, ha- from Three Houses? No, it was just the entire Persona game that sort of like laid on top of it. Oh, uh, so like walking around and talking right. to people and relationships. I see. Okay. I just didn't really love that. Like I just wanted to be doing cool strategy stuff. And yeah. I, you know, Fire Emblem has always had sort of like its social aspects, but I, I like the social aspects being a thing you quickly do between battles. Yep. Instead of a thing that I'm spending like 70% of the game on. I have to right. 100% agree with that. I, I really enjoyed Three Houses, but I nearly fell off multiple times and it was always at those talky parts in between right. action. And I had to power through them to get to the action parts. Uh, it's not why I played those games either. No, it, it, you know, and I, I did fall off. I, I never finished Three Houses uh, to my... Uh, to my um, Chagrin. To my sadness, because yes. I, I really I and I really love Fire Emblem games. Engage feels like they've balanced it a little, but there's a lot of fairly funky mechanics going on in there, uh, including like syncing with these emblems and like the way that affects your character. And there's like special weapons that you can only have while synced with an emblem, and like there's just just kind of a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It is far more manageable than it was in uh, in Three Houses. Like this feels more like a Fire Emblem game to me. So I'm I'm having a fairly good time with it. Um, I'm not far in enough to really give like a it's good or it's it's bad. It's 100% the kind of game that you can sort of casually play, um, and then like have a moment happen and then go like, oh my god, I need to sit up and like really work here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what I like about Fire Emblem. So. That's great. Uh, that that said, like uh, research and destroy sounds sounds really fun to try. Like I would love to see that. Yeah. Um, well, it. I believe I I played it on Game Pass. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm pretty sure it's on. Game and Pass. here was our weekly mention of Game Pass. <laughs> Microsoft check can be sent to info at thehabibis.com. If only, if only. Uh, but yeah, so like it's it's perfect to sample if yeah. from that uh, regard, and like, you yeah. know it doesn't overstay its welcome. And any other sampling that you've been yes, doing? I play. Oh, you have. Like, yes, you've, I you've have. Been busy again. I it's have a, been busy. It's an Osama week. <laughs> I played a game called Space Lines. Um, oh yeah, by um um uh, what are they called? The Coffee Knots. Is it? I didn't know that, but uh, let me go check real quick if that's the case. By Coffee Knots, yeah. Who are the yeah. Coffee Knots? I don't, I don't uh, know th- this They're name. from, uh, they're Brazilian. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, okay. And now a lot, a lot of it makes more sense. Okay. Uh, okay. So yeah, it has a very similar scent, uh, humor than another game I played uh, called Dodgeball Academy, which was also Brazilian. Yep. And I couldn't put my finger on it until you said that. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's why the humor was familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So yeah, it's basically you have a little space shuttle type thing, but it's a diner. It's a diner in space and you're moving from place to place. Think of it like a, a food cart but in space, except that people actually enter it. And you're able to go from location to location and serve people food or, you know, see to their needs, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, like, it get, the ships get bigger and, like, the goals are different. So, like, you're, you're ferrying them. Like, it's like kind of like a mix between, like, you're a taxi in space, but, you know, you do other things. The mechanics, the gameplay kind of feel like uh, overcooked. So you're running around from that kind of view and your things are going bad like you're running out of fuel so you have to go refuel <laughs> and like you know the, the food is gonna burn that kind i just of thing, right? love that we have an entire genre of games where it's just like so you look at things and things are bad yeah 
<laughs> I just, I just really, I love the genre. Yeah. It's just like things are bad. Games are kind of my favorite. Yeah, my favorite co-op game. Yeah, I, I just forgot the, the the real word for it, but like Diner Dash and those kind of games. What are mm-hmm. they called again? I can't remember. Things are bad games. Things are bad games. That's uh, you heard it here, folks. Things are yeah. bad games. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the game was fun. Uh, I I did enjoy it, but after a while, it felt like what my anxiety was going up, and because it was oh, single no. player and not competitive, and the rounds were getting longer, it was it kind of felt like work, and I stopped playing for that reason. So right. maybe I I was just in the wrong state of mind or anything like that. The art style is cute. Um, the the mechanics were fun. The humor it wasn't exactly my cup of tea, but it was enough. There wasn't too much that it was overpowering either. Like there's a lot right. of um heavy heavy sarcasm jokes and right yeah not your thing yeah well but but otherwise uh it was a solidly made game uh someone else is gonna love it very much yeah and i'm you know it's just it's always good to have to have another another different type of entry in the in the the burgeoning genre of the uh of the (laughs) things are bad games are bad (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yeah uh, speaking of things are bad, um, have you watched The Last of Us? Yes. <laughs> well, I saw the first two episodes. Oh, I saw the first one only. Okay, so let's just talk about the first one only. What do you think? Right. It's good. Yes, it's really good. Like was, I, yes, you know, it 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 shows you how versatile games are. That that something that feels so genuine to the original material. Works so well, yeah. Because The Last of Us is obviously very narrative game series, right? Like, and it's very focused on sort of like character moments and like set pieces and like uh, composition and uh, pacing. And it's really interesting to see how they paced out the video game parts. Yep. Right. Isn't that the most fascinating thing? It's like because the video game parts are in there. Yes, they are. They're not even hiding them. It's just they're very short scenes. Exactly. (laughs) Um. And there obviously less happens. Yeah. But so for for example, for the people who this is not a, a spoiler no, really because no, it no, no, happens I, at the very beginning of of the Last of Us. But at one point you are a character and you have to walk around your house. And in the gaming part of it, you're able to explore every floor, every room in the house. You pick up like you know, there's a lot of exposition that's happening there. You pick up pictures. You you see notes on everything. In the TV show, that was 30 seconds. The, the right. person just walked out of the house pretty much. And, and there were like 20 minutes before it where yes. they where they did all of that. Yes. But with other simpler. characters. With, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, just, you know, instead of using the interaction to sort of like allow you to opt into that, they made it a, a, a obligatory part of meeting the character. And I will say one thing I found very fascinating because this is like obviously sort of like the inciting incident of, of The Last of Us is related that, to that sequence. Yes. Um, that was one of the, and I'm going to try and not spoil it for people who haven't played The Last of Us or haven't seen The Last of Us, but um, obviously the sort of like, the inciting incident works really well in the game because of interactivity. Yep. And I was fascinated to see that even with 20, 30 minutes of extra um, space, the TV series could not, outdo that moment for me no um it just it couldn't like it there was no way to do that even with the additional time yes it it was it was less of a impact yeah 
and it yeah. was still impactful oh, and yeah. emotional. It mm-hmm. was still really well done. It's probably as best as could be done on TV. Like it's not yeah. that they fumbled. It's just that games do that better. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a very unique, there was a very unique sort of feeling to that sequence that I remember putting the controller down when I first played it and be like, I do not understand how they did this. Yes, I was really messed up. Not even fifteen minutes into a video game, I was just sitting there and I was like, what? Yes. Um, I agree. Yeah, and and watching that now with so much clearly so much budget and such like phenomenal acting all throughout, um, yeah, and like seeing the little differences between the game and the series, and like every now and then they're good, and every now and then they're like, like for example, I don't like the reason for the car crash <laughs> in the new one. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Oh, mm, mm, yeah. I, the old one feel felt better. Um, I agree. There were a but, few other things like that where there were, but I think it's very difficult to to make an mm-hmm. adaptation like this because we're going to the people who've played the game and are watching the show have can pick and choose the best of both. Yeah. So you know what I mean. Yeah. But I still anyway. I man, I have to bite my tongue and not not say anything right. about episode two. Oh, but, I'm very excited to watch it. it yes. Like you know, I was I was. I was very excited to either see how it worked or how it didn't work. Yeah. What I did not expect is to just be excited to watch. Yeah, yeah. Right. But, like, I just, they hook you quickly. I don't know about you, but I got hooked really quickly. I, instantly. Sure. Instantly. Yeah. They got me so fast. And yeah. you know, that's the thing. Like, I know this story. Yeah. I know I know what's gonna happen. Like yes. I, I'm fairly certain that certain events will happen in episode two, right? Yes. Um that said though. It still is such a compelling um, a way of telling The Last of Us story. Yep. And they did such a good job with the characters and the, you know, like you feel the essence of the characters in each of the characters. Um, even if you already kind of know where they're going to go and how it's going to end. Yep. Um, and you're, you're almost watching, hoping that things will be different, knowing that they shouldn't be different and they can't be different. But the game, the, the, the series still makes you feel like there is infinite potential, right? And it's kind of interesting. Like, just watching it with this, like, no, I know what's going to happen, but it's played so well. It's, it's, it's paced so well that I'm just like, I'll, I'll go on this journey. You know what? I'll, I'll come along. I love it. Basically, yeah, I, I had very similar uh, thoughts and and ideas to share. Um, I will say that there are there were are still there's enough there, enough scenes, and it feels like for the people who've watched who've played the game, this is it feels kind of like the director's cut, not exactly, but you're able to see things that didn't happen in the game that add context, and I, those were interesting moments for me as well. I was having fun both times, like the yeah. how did they replicate the scene how did you know what's their vision of it and also the oh this is new i wonder you know what it's about i was enjoying it throughout it was very very well done and i was nervous going into the show because one of the showrunners was talking about how it's it's you know like almost almost like kind of distance itself from its roots and i hate when when tv show adaptations or movie adaptations of games do this it's insulting right 
Yeah. We're able to tell good stories and have good experiences, of course. And people who don't play games don't know that. Their their thoughts or memory of games uh, or their idea of what storytelling games is is extremely juvenile. Uh, Extremely um, uninformed, actually, is the word I was looking for. And uh, I was worried for that reason. Because the last few times that that has happened, uh, like... It was a mess. Like it, 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 not just in games. Like when you just don't respect the the source, yep. you're going to make decisions that uh, are going to upset the fan base because they like there's those they're gonna miss what's special about it, right? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And that wasn't the case. Even though yep. through all of the worries and all of the quotes and all of the the statements that they made, that I was like rolling my eyes, I showed up and I'm like, this feels like there was a lot of respect for the subject matter. I hope it holds up. Uh, but yeah. so far so good right yeah yeah i'm I'm loving it i'm loving it and uh, you know like i don't know it's rare to see adaptations done this well and i think it says a little bit about what the lost of us is as a game yeah but it also says a little bit about how much love and care clearly went into this this adaptation yeah. which is hard to do good adaptations it really is it really is yeah yeah that was beautiful i i can't wait for well, for you for episode two, so we could talk about it, and for me for episode I, three. I have a question for you because you you told me about another adaptation you watched. Yes, I did. And it I, wasn't very good. I it, think w- eh, it was okay. It had its moments. Yeah, yeah, it had its moments. Yes. So, do you want me to talk about it? Let's, let's go. I, I think watched... we have like another like seven minutes or so. So I'll do the speed run version of it. Okay, right? let's do it. So I watched Black Adam. It's a DCU movie. Uh, if you're a long-time listener, you'll know I'm not the biggest DCU fan. Even though I love comics in general, um, like I think that the DCU, DCU is not what the MCU is, and um, it's just you know a little bit of a mess. Black Adam continues on that mess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like there's a lot of really good things in the movie, a lot of really uh, good points, but there, there's just pacing issues and weird decisions and rough choices so if you don't know who black adam is he is an anti-hero he's basically the antagonist to shazam or captain marvel as he used to be called before dc decided that was too confusing because he's not a marvel character but he was called that for like forever so if you've seen the movie shazam you know that uh, a little bit about the lore. You know, they say Shazam, and then the lightning bolt hits them, and they transform into a more powerful version of themselves. Uh, Black Adam is kind of similar to that. The story, which I'm not going to spoil exactly, but I'm going to talk a little bit about it, is there is uh, this fictional country called Khandaq, which is supposed to be kind of like Agrabah from Aladdin. Like, not quite Arab, not quite I love. Indian. I love that it's supposed to, the place is supposed to be like <laughs> the place that's supposed to be like, the, we're now like three story, we're th- three floors down on ex- Arab representation. Ex- exactly. It's like tokenism, you know, uh, to, to an extreme. Because it's, it's like, it's, there's it's some Arab actors, yeah. there's some Indian actors, the country's ambiguously one of both. It's like, is it, is it Southeast Asian? Is it Middle Eastern? It's enough of both that you can make an argument that it's both. And okay, that's a problem. But at least you're getting some representation, which is exactly how I felt <laughs> when I was watching Aladdin as a kid. Like, this is wrong, but it's the best that I've have, right. And so I'm going to love it type thing. So this is that. Again, so some people are going to hate it because of this. Some people are going to appreciate that at least they tried. Um, wherever you fall on that, you you know, there's some truth to it, right? 
Either way, there was there are some moments that were really really cool. Like that at one point, Black Adam, of course, he shows up in in Khandaq after not being there for a long time, and he's violent. Like you know, like the DCU, the Marvel universes, heroes don't generally kill people, or if they do, they downplay the deaths. Right? It's almost right. like we're pretending like no one's dying when right. they're, they're blowing up things. Right? And right. here, Black Adam is you know unapologetically killing bad guys right. uh, in Khandaq, which was an occupied country uh, where its resources have been stolen for a long time. And then some quote unquote real heroes show up to stop him. And right. the people of Khandaq are like, what the hell we've been, <laughs> we're being oppressed for so long. And now that we have our own heroes taking it in his hands to protect us, now you show up. And yeah. at that yeah. moment I applauded. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, this was like, if I can say that, moment justified the movie for me i'm not kidding like i was smiling from that until the end of the movie through all the other problems that the movie had that was powerful that was a powerful statement i was surprised that it was made by a hollywood movie i was happy that it was there and it didn't make up for everything else but it was powerful enough that uh like i was i was super 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 happy that it was there does that make sense to you yeah no it does it does yeah yeah that does that justified it. Like I didn't feel like I wasted my time watching that movie just because of that one line. And there were a few other moments like that th- scattered throughout the movie, but that was the most powerful one. Uh, it had its fair share of action, plot holes all over the place, weird things that happened that you're like, why did you do this just to undo it? Like two minutes later. And if you watch a movie, you'll think I know you. You know what I'm talking about until the next thing happens that does exactly that, and then the next thing happens that does exactly that, and you're like, what is happening here? It feels kind of like designed by committee. Like, let's get everyone's oh, ideas right. in. Yeah. yeah. Like, let's yeah. get everyone's ideas in. Okay. Some, so yeah. it has it has moments, but mostly not. Mostly not. Still, yeah. like, I still think it's worth a watch if you want to see, uh, you know, a little that, bit of uh, love thrown into, like, uh, the realities that, pe- you know, marginalized people from that really, really wide part of the world that they just, try to... You know, all the people from Akhraba <laughs> finally have that representation. Right. Tokenized to a certain degree, a right. very heavy degree, but still. Um, it, 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 it tried. It, like, right. I'll give it points for effort. You get a big star sticker for effort. Uh, Black Adam, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Fair? Yeah. I think, Was that seven uh, minutes or did I go over? I, 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 I don't think you hit your world record for speed running there, but... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think it was important to sort of like talk about it because that was obviously the way I was interested in it is sort yeah. of like, okay, like it, it seems to be trying something different. Did it do it? Yeah. And it sounds like it successfully tried to do something different. Yes. Not necessarily achieved it. No. But, but it, tried. It tried successfully, which is right. good. You know? yeah. yeah. Good. Okay. I think we'll, uh, we're going we're gonna to have to keep it at that because I think we are out of recording time. But that was great. Great conversation. Great. Yeah, I had I had a good time as always. It was especially good to just hear Fauzi. He needed to uh, to work on his. Um, he needed to get some extra oxygen from all the smoking. Oh, I'm sorry okay. about that. I'll work on it all right, next good, week. Good, I'll, I'll good. have my inshallah, regular voice inshallah, back. Inshallah. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Thanks so much, everybody, for uh, tuning in uh, next week. Uh, inshallah, more habibis. For now, as always, uh, do email us info at thehabibis.com or reach out to us on our Discord, discord.thehabibis.com. 
Um, that was it for this week. Anything? Any any last things you want to throw out there, Osama? Or yeah, send us emails. You said it already, but I want to okay. emphasize it. Just, just, <laughs> good. Send us emails twice. Twice. Two uh, emails. Just two two emails. Two emails last month. Good. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. For now, um, see you next week and uh, salam. Salam. That was the Habibis podcast for this week. I was Rami Ismail, your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at T-H-A underscore Rami. My fellow Habibis were Osama Dorias, who you can find on Twitter at Osama Dorias. And Fauzi Mesmar, who you can find on Twitter at Fauzi Mesmar. Send us your questions, stories, and suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. The intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubayla. And the logo was provided by Ibrahim Hamdi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good Arab tea. With new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting service or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening and salam.